Namaste. Um, this is the fourth podcast in the Origin of the Bell series, where I'll be reading out um, the Origin of the Bell in English, um, as translated by the Ironwell Foundation and its various members, including me, who proofread it a bit. Um, what else is there to say? Um, this particular chapter, um, which is entitled The Birth, I will um, split into maybe three podcasts because this chapter is particularly particularly long. Um, so I don't want to uh, give too much, have a an hour and a half long podcast or or however long it takes to read this. Uh, I'm not sure yet. So, um, so I shall just begin, I guess. Um, so this is the chapter called The Birth, um, part four. Chapter 4 of The Origin of the Bell, which you can download for free from the Ironwell Foundation, or you can buy a sort of hardback copy from Amazon. Um, and if you're a member, obviously, um, you, can, you can get that as well. And also, you can get if you're a patron, you can also get the, um, the e-books of, of this um, and others as well, So which is quite good. So support the Patreon and, um, and uh, join the Ironwell Foundation, and uh, I'll, I'll just stop waffling and just begin. Okay, so this is the birth. I'll start reading now. This story starts with a birth. 50,000 years ago, a child, Dalvinian, was born to a very poor family near a village called Tilayman, um, which some scholars say was near the modern village of Sileman. So Tilayman is the village, the ancient village where Dalvinian uh, was born. Uh, they lived by the river bank and fished for food and collected berries to eat. Um, so that's the family that is, of course. Um, the family was so poor that the only place they could stay in the village was a Talamali point. So um, obviously Tantric Islanders know about this, but I'll, I'll just, it actually explains it in the text as well. Um, so these are total points of negativity, cursed places, where various Talas, neg negative dimensions, are very close to our realm and may in some cases intersect. So these are neg negative spaces. Um, obviously in this translation it says cursed places, which is, as I said, is um, can be construed as being a bit sectarian, but um, it's a place of negativity, uh, which you also have in, the, in this current age as well. So some artists are tasked with finding these places and um, sort of dispelling negativity or going to these places and building tantric shrines there, for example. So anyway, um, so people who exist in these domains then and now suffer terrible ill fate and disease. Um, yes, that's if you're not attuned to the tantric path, that happens to you. But um, if you're if you follow, following tantric, these places are something to sort of um, aspire to go to. Um, anyway, I'll continue reading. As such, no one would live there by choice unless they were a tantric, tantric adept. Delvinian's family were not tantric masters, but were landless, such that they had no other choice but to live there, as all the land had was taken in the village of, of Tileman. Uh, remember that this was a tantric domain, and as such people were trained not to lend each other aid readily, though some tantric ironists did. Um, in the ancient times, because they were much more attuned to the tantric, um, to other Tatalas and Lokas, people would not actively live in a Talamali point. And so, um, but obviously now in this modern era, people are less attuned. 
but they do want to enter the tantric domain, they would live there by choice. So you have to think about when this story is written and, and how far back in the past it was that humans who were much more spiritually attuned um, would be more likely um, not to live in a Talamali point because there'd be no point um, because um, they can traverse dimensions and locus as by will, basically. So, um, but now that's the because of the the block sort of pattern um, that's sort of more difficult to to do if you're a tantric adept and you want to go to those places, of course. Anyway, I'll continue reading. Um, next chapter, next um, paragraph is um, this. Um, okay, yeah, as usual, I, I lost my place um, <laughs> as I sort of waffle on about the text and I lose sort of track of where I am. So the next paragraph is here. Um, so Delavinian's mother unfortunately died at, at childbirth and his father was killed soon after by wild animals. Some ironist scholars and schools also believe that Delavinian's parents were both killed by wild, wild animals when he was a toddler. So there's um, different schools have different interpret uh, not interpretations, different um, customs or traditions of, of how this story is. So some people say that he was a baby, and others say he was a toddler. And both parents were killed by animals as a part of a sort of one of the higher gods did that in order for this this tale to play out. There's another side of the story which isn't presented in the origin of the Vel, um, but if you read around the subject in other texts which touch upon the bell, um, you have different um, sort of um, histories, I, I would say. Anyway, suffice it to say, most schools of ironist thought agree that Delvillian was orphaned at an early age, and he was orphaned at an age such that he couldn't take care of himself. So he wasn't like um, 10 or something. He was, he was like a baby or a toddler. Um, uh, so continue reading the next um, paragraph. Delvinian had no siblings or family and was utterly alone. It, it is at this point that the divine and material cross paths and the higher conscious beings direct their gaze into our realm and begin to see, um, to see it all in us. Thus it was that the universal Om interjected and nudged a, a higher being, the goddess Parvati, into the, into the affairs of humanity. So um, this is a, a continual tradition in Hinduism. Um, actually, maybe other religions as well, I'm not sure, that um, if something terrible is happening in Earth, the higher beings will intervene um, to sort of rectify it, or to create more balance and, and for various other um, purposes as well. So it was, it, thus it was that the universal arm, Brahman, interjected and nudged the higher being, the goddess Parvati, which is obviously part of Brahman, closer to his, um, his oneness, into the affairs of humanity. As Parvati was meditating on the Tivinain, so this is the, the mystical yogi technique, the Tivinain, as they say, um, uh, it's a, it's a yogi technique to still oneself and allow the inner mind to listen to the sound, the voice and sounds of Brahman. So um, obviously many ironists perform this now, but obviously Parvati is such a high being that um, she is very attuned to the Tivinane sort of um, yogic technique. And um, she was directed by the universal Om, Brahman that is, to stop and focus her vision on the present and future. Thus the, God, thus the goddess Parvati 
looked down upon this realm and saw the young Delvinian lying by the river. The goddess perceived rightly that this child's journey should not end with him dying of hunger, wet, dirty, forgotten, and alone in the mud of the riverbank. So, um, yes, um, the Tivinane uh, yoga technique is, um, is quite an interesting one. Um, I don't know if maybe in a later podcast I can explain it. Um, it might be quite useful for English-speaking ironists to uh, sort of engage in. It's, it's quite. It's, it's basically to still yourself and allow yourself to be one with with everything. Uh, you, know, you find the inner mind, so to speak, and listen to the sound of the sounds of the universe. Sounds sounds a bit um, corny, but um, that's what it, that's what the yoga technique's about. Um, it's about stilling oneself. A lot of yoga techniques um, obviously do that as well, but this is more more of a direct approach from the ironist tradition. Um, so um, it involves Anokas, um, Tala, inscriptions, and um, yantras, and, and chanting mantras as well, as well as meditation, which some meditative techniques, you're silent, but this is a sort of holistic uh, sort of effect. Um, so that, 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 that was what Parvati was doing, the Tibinane, um, when she sort of realized that um, Dovidin was by the river and saw the past and the future and the present and everything. And, anyway, so some, you know, this is the next um, paragraph, some people argue that there are countless babies and children who die every day throughout these ages and throughout the world. Why was this child special that he had to be saved? The answer many ironists give is that this child was not special, he was ordinary. So this is quite important in this tale, it's not like a, a tale of superhumans or, or obviously there are superhuman characters in, in the story, but the, the central character is just normal. And it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be us, really. And that's what this... Um, if you don't believe in the, the actual history, or I believe in the history, but if you don't believe in that, you can still take away that um, that the story is about, uh, is about you, really. Um, he's not superhuman and was not enlightened. He was not a descendant of, of a god, nor a reincarnation of one. In this sense, Del, Del, yeah, Delvinian represents us as we are. If we make the wise decision, shit, sorry, my tongue tightness again. If we make the wise decisions and seek enlightenment, it will find us. So this tale is essentially saying um, that anyone can, can achieve greatness, really. So let's read that again, actually. So the child was not special. He was not superhuman nor enlightened. He was not a descendant of a god nor a reincarnation of one. Um, so he wasn't like a son of you know, Shiva or something like that, or reincarnation of uh, Shiva, or anything like that, yeah. So he, he, he represents us as we are. And so Gonas Parvati perceived the baby Dilvinian on the riverbank, alone and helpless, and thus she designed a method to save him. Um, Parvati sent a dream to, to sage Kal Shivayan, um, the head teacher and sage of the temple school of Kutikampalam. So that's um, Kala Shivayan, the sage, very famous sage, tantric sage, the head teacher and sage of the temple school of Kutikampalam, a Kalayan tantric temple that housed many students. As many Dravidian scholars know, the ancient temple school of Kuti Kampalam was housed and linked directly with the main Kalayan palace of Kotayan, where the great queen Siwani Maniar resided.
So there's a lot of words there um, to take in on board. So there's Sage himself, the head teacher of the, of the school. And that school is a very famous um, Kriti Kampalam, Kalayan Tantric Temple, and the Sage Kal Shivayan was the sort of the head headmaster, uh, the head teacher, the the head of the temple, the hierarchy, the sort of the pinnacle point. Um, and it was um, it was housed inside the main Kalayan palace. So basically, you can imagine that the palace was there inside is the temple, and that's where the great Tantric queen Suvarni Maniya resided. So it's like um, it's like a shell within a shell, and obviously uh, when you read the story, Murugan will be placed into the shell as well, as a, as a third layer. But that's that's going to be happening happening later. Um, so I think I don't know how long I've, I've read this for. So I read about I was going to read five um, paragraphs at a time: one, two, three, four, five. Uh, actually, I've read six, but <laughs> um, so. I will stop there. I'll, I'll continue reading about um, Sage Kal Shivayan um, and, and the Tantric Ionists in the, in the next podcast. But um, that's sort of more than enough to get on with um, for the moment. Um, so um, I hope you like that, uh, this short uh, podcast. Um, obviously, read the origin of the bell yourself um, and listen to the podcast as well, because I'm, I'm not just reading it, I'm, uh, I'm talking around it as well um, from my own perspective. So um, if you see a, um, what's it called again, if you know any tantric ionists, uh, talk to them about it um, separately from me. Um, you'll get another perspective on the story. Um, obviously, the text here is the Iron Wealth Foundation sort of text, and I had some input with it, some other people did. There are some words which I sort of disagree with, like, for, exa for example, cursed, to describe a negative place. Um, that's just basically, um, it's all relative, really. Um, uh, some, if you're a tantric adept or you're following different paths of ionism, then uh, saying something that is has a a bad connotation to it in English is is not is not great. But um, uh, we'll, we'll see how this this draft goes, um, and how how ionists take it, and um, how. Dravidian Irony speakers who can also speak English, how they um, how can, how, can, how, how they react to it. Uh, we have been getting feedback from Dravidian Irony speakers who are saying, oh, change this word, do this, change that. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to take that all on board and maybe do a second draft um, with it, with the language a bit more, I don't know, not neutral, but um, less, uh, how can I put it? Less at Mali, <laughs> so don't want to sound, um, don't want to sound uh, sectarian in that sense. But yeah, that, that's basically what, where, where I'm from, coming from. Um, if you like these talks um, and you like the work we're doing, um, support us on the Patreon site. And that really helps us. Um, what else helps us? Um, joining us as well. In, email info at iron.org. That's that's good as well. What else can you you do? Um, you can, yeah, if you email, I'll answer the emails as well, but we've got some volunteers happening, coming soon. Um, the order of, of, of me uploading these podcasts is not the order of how I'm recording them. Um, so you know, this um, podcast is like in April, for example, but I might, it may be like in, 
I'm on Simon, I'll upload it. I'm recording snippets here and there when I have time. So um, anyway, that's why you have, you'll have all the context changes of me having the same shirt on for for some of them and and uh, and having some different clothes for another. And it's maybe a bit jarring, but um, hopefully I won't do it in, in the same podcast. I'll I'll keep the same clothes on for the for, for the one reading, but but uh, you get the idea. Anyway, so. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, speak to you soon, and I'll press the button to um, log off and do subscribe, become a Patreon. Um, I might have a thing where I read out the Patreon names. Um, that, that's quite nice. Um, and um, yeah, anyway, I'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye.